Welcome to Becoming an Ultimate Coach. I'm the Doc, this is the Doc, and this is part four of our four-part series, The Root Cause of Behavior. Understanding this has changed my method of coaching, which leads to higher compliance, better results, and less frustration from myself and clients. So, Dr. J, break it down to us. What's the science behind this? Well, the first thing that we have to know is that behavior um, doesn't persist unless it's being reinforced. So, and this includes behaviors that we love about ourselves mm -hmm. and behaviors that we're not so fond of. And even when we see other people, uh, I know we often think sometimes when, whether it's our friends, family, whoever, clients, we're just like, why do they keep doing that? It, that it seems to be exactly against what they want or they don't feel good, but it's serving some sort of purpose, some sort of root cause. Um, which is, of course, our topic today. And that, in a quick way to think about that root cause is that the purpose that it's serving is oftentimes a distractor. It's a coping mechanism or it's just a source of pleasure, oftentimes more short-term than long-term. And so in the science world, we've kind of um, highlighted that there's basically four different root causes. And one is escape, one is attention, the other one is tangible, and then there's sensory. And so we break this down, and if you've watched some of our earlier episodes, it's, um, we use the EATS model. We call it escape, attention, tangible, and sensory. So it just makes it easier way to remember this, and it's a way we draw it out for, for clients to really dive into this. And so we went over escape, we went over attention, we went over tangible. So if you haven't seen those, go back and check those out. And today we're going over sensory. And what's funny about sensory to me is, um, before I met you, I almost treated everything as sensory. Because like when, when, when people are drinking alcohol, I was like, oh, it it's must be because of the, the taste and they want bubbles or something like that. So I'm giving them something carbonated. Or if it's, it's something they're eating, I'm like, oh, is it, is it crunchy or is it salty or is it sweet? Where it is. And so what was deceiving about that is a few of my clients, some of the times, like that would work. So I'm like, oh, I figured it out. Yeah. But for the vast majority of the people, like they won't stick with it. And, and me as a young trainer, I was like, well, they just don't care enough. They don't have the willpower. They don't have all that. But um, kind of dive into that of like why that worked for some but didn't work for all. Yeah, and it's back to why the current behavior that they're doing is is being reinforced. What's reinforcing it and why? And, you know, I talked a lot about to people of one behavior, what a behavior manifests, what it looks like to us, is not necessarily what it is. It's just how we're demonstrating it. Yeah. And so if we're trying to get a mindset shift, like we talked about in escape, you can have the same behavior, alcohol, drinking, and that's what it's doing. Other times it can be to connect with people and have that attention kind of facet as we talked about. Other times I might be doing it because I just deserve a treat, that's my tangible. And so if we're not matching those up correctly, then they aren't going to persist. And a lot of times, especially when clients come to us, they are motivated to make a change. Yep. So when we say, oh, you're drinking something bubbly, you're drinking a beer, have kombucha, because they're both bubbly, then they might be like, okay, I'll try that. And they might be able to do it for a while, but it doesn't stick because it's not serving the same purpose yeah. that they did before. And so when we look at sensory, it functions similarly in the sense that sensory is about, um, so again, in your wheelhouse, right? Of um, It is about uh, how it feels to us. Is it is it the taste? Is it the carbonation? But sensory basically just means that feels good. I like the sensation that it gives. And as we know, we have multiple senses, so depending on what it is and those types of things. But alcohol is oftentimes that I like the taste or I like the, um, the texture and the way that um, it's presented to me. And so it just feels good. I like the taste. So if you're, if you're going over this with clients and you've figured out you know, what their big caloric offenders are and you've, you've eliminated like, no, it's not escape, it's not attention, it's not tangible, it is sensory, 
then like what are the questions you're asking or like how do you go about finding the right replacement for that sensory um, thing that they're doing? Yeah, absolutely. So if somebody, so if I'm talking to someone and they're drinking beer, let's say, and I say to them, okay, what is it about the beer that you like? And sometimes they'll be like, well, I love hops or I love beer, I've always loved beer. And so sometimes I get some information, but sometimes nothing that I can. So then I kind of ask like, um, do you like the carbonation? Do you like the bitterness? Because beer tends to be a little bit more bitter than like a sweet margarita or something, right? Um, so I start to ask sort of some of those questions to better understand. Because if they say like, I truly like the taste of beer, I like the bitterness, I like the hops and the barley and all of the things, and I'm not a beer connoisseur. Um, if they like all of that, right, that's going to be hard to do a one-to-one -one replacement on. Right. But at the same time, I might say, okay, are you a craft beer person? Is it a high alcohol beer? Is it a low alcohol beer? Because if they're telling me that they like the overall bitterness, um, I call it bitterness, um, and if they like the carbonation, and but right now they're drinking a higher alcohol um, value beer because they vary, then, oh, okay, so it's not about the amount of alcohol in it, right? We're not trying to escape or something like that. It's just that... Can I bring that down to a different lower alcohol level? Can I alternate it with something else that's got carbonation in it and something else that's, you know, and kind of play with those kind of flavor profiles. But I just need to ask them what it is that they enjoy about that. So us as coaches, if someone's coming in and they're having ice cream in the evening and it's just, it's not for any of the other things, it's just they, they love ice cream. And us just finding a lower calorie ice cream, do you think that's good enough for this person? It, it, it might be if if that's what they're saying. Is this like it's a little cold, it's sweet, it's a treat, and we're like okay. But if they're like no no no, I I I I like a heavy cream one, and I you know because some people are really big foodies, and so they have a lot of specificity in regards to that. We have to keep that in mind. And so the other part uh, that happens a little bit with sensory too is moderation, yeah. right? So the other question I have to ask somebody on that is, are you a moderator at all? Because if they're not, having a pint of a locale is, yeah. is still not going to be helpful because that pint's going to be gone in one sitting, right? So it can, now it might be better than the pint of the heavier stuff. But I do have to ask that or look at some of those sensory replacements that work. Does it, is, it, is it about the cold and the sweet? Would a popsicle also work? Can we alternate? Can we buy smaller serving sizes? So you want to validate that it tastes good or they like certain things. But yes, if it's just sort of, this is a treat that I have, where it comes into place is when there's a secondary function or secondary root cause, right? Like, yep. I like the taste, ice cream is my favorite dessert, and it's something I do with my kids, yep. and we go to this one place. So then we have to look at, hey, can that be a special experience? But then the other times when you're craving ice cream or whatever, can we replace it for the lower calorie or a sorbet or a popsicle or something like that? Yeah, and having those conversations with clients of, of figuring out if they're a moderation person or abstainer is, is very important too. Um, and I feel like the moderation person is, uh, is a very small percentage of the, the overall yes. population. Um, and, and, and really, to my, my true sign of that is I've had a couple women, they're like, I have a bar of chocolate and each day I have one square and then I'm good for the day which just amazes me. Like, I am not that. I <laughs> yes, am like, I'm going to start the square. I'm going to finish the whole, it's just one square too. It's just one yeah. big, kind of more of a rectangle. Yeah. Um, but I'm like that. And so for those people, I, I, I have more talk about the environment. So if like, if the, uh, you really enjoy the, say the ice cream, whatever, go out and get like a cone of the ice cream. So you're not having it in your house. And so is that something else you get into with working with clients and that you recommend? 
absolutely because what it like you said a lot of people are and, and again abstainer that as you and i would talk about is it's like it's an all-or-nothing person as you pointed out if the if the um chocolate is there it is gone yeah. it's not one piece of time the moderator can take little bits so once i understand that about a person to your point is it's not I'm not having anything in my house and I'll never eat ice cream. It's you have to make that extra effort. Yeah. And even sometimes looking at the menu in advance, <coughs> because sometimes people are in the habit of just ordering a certain, I always get this shake and I have all this stuff in it. Okay, well, what do you like about it? Could you get that same ice cream in a cone, have a little less, you go out, you enjoy it, you come home and you don't have it in your house. Yeah. And so just adjusting a few of those things Whereas for the few moderators that you'll run into, sometimes it's just scaling it down. And once they're like, oh, I just need to think about this differently, then they can um, do every other day or they can moderate a little bit more. So definitely a conversation because if I'm going against that natural tendency, we're gonna be fighting that the whole time. And then I'm also creating self-esteem issues for them, of, especially for the abstainers that are saying like, um, I, I just can't resist it if it's there. So then they're coming back saying, I don't have enough willpower right? I wasn't motivated enough and they, I did bad. And so they just feel guilty and poor about that. And so we want to make sure that we're not taking away pleasurable experiences because the brain needs that. We all need that. We just need to set them up for success based on their personality traits. And we talked about this a bit in, in past episodes, even in the series of like, none of these things are necessarily bad. Exactly. It's just um, based on what the goals are and, and what's really even going on that in life. Because like, you know, I had a client I was working with this week, and her, her, she's trying to lose weight, she's trying to lose body fat, and it just stayed the same. But she also, she had some traveling, she had some work stuff come up, and but she stayed the same. And so I really celebrate that with her because, you know, we might not have had a perfect um, food week, and we might have kind of gone back to the old habits just a little bit, but we've done good enough that we didn't put back on. And exactly. so really working with clients on kind of that, that balance of like, there's going to be some weeks that um, life lines up. Yeah. And we can make those changes forward. And then there's going to be some weeks that like life is just hard and we're just trying to stay where we're at. And that's a good example, too, of where moderation or changing our behaviors just looks different in certain environments. When we're traveling, when we're doing those things, even just doing so well that we aren't seeing a gain or it, it, it regressing, that's actually engaging in some of the things that we're trying to do just in a different context. So it's going to look different because when you travel, when those things, the likelihood that it can go up versus... Yeah. You know, and most people don't go down because you're just not as in control of your environment, if nothing else. So celebrating that too and understanding that I think is, is so important because again, our brain tends to be like, I just need to always be like this. And you put somebody in a different environment, we have to recognize that progress will look different in different environments and under different seasons of our lives. Last question, left field. Oh boy. Do you think someone can stack all four of these habits in an evening to get the most out of, of these unhealthy behaviors and habits? So we're talking about abstainer of root, of, 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 of root causes. Yeah, okay. So again, I think this is going to be a good moderator um, mode. So no. Okay, because you know I've tried that a couple times. Of, I get friends together. We have a nice bottle of tequila. We have some good food. So it's, it's getting that, um, that escape from a little bit of the alcohol the uh, attention, hang out with friends, the tangible, the good bottle of tequila, and the sensory, the food and alcohol goes with it. Absolutely, you, you've mastered all four of them in an evening, but I would argue that you, uh, you create that as opposed to um, those are naturally what's serving your purpose at the time. 
but we can dive into that in another BUC. And, and the goal there is doing it once a month. So okay, <laughs> wrapping up here, this is part four of our four-part series going over the EATS model, escape, attention, tangible sensory, sensory. Check out all four. Learn this. You can learn more about yourself. You can learn more about helping your clients. And then we'll see you on the next episode.